0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show Well, we start out tonight with a visit with the great Gildersleeve And what a pickle he gets into you see, his nephew, Leroy, has four rabbits that are entered into a competition. The only problem is he needs a ride from the Great Gildersleeve. And it's 300 miles of tough sledding.
0: Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. week at this time, from Hollywood, California, Kraft presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. And now let's visit our friend, the Great Gildersleeve, who has, as you know, a nephew named Leroy who has, as you probably don't know, four rabbits, named respectively Eeny, Meeny, Miney, and possibly Moe. Right now, they are preparing to go to Fairview, where Leroy is to represent his school at the Junior Rabbit Breeder Show, and all six of them are quite hopped up about the trip.
2: Well, take it easy, Leroy. Just be calm, like me. You no know, use getting all excited about this. Not at all. Where's my briefcase?
3: Under your arm, Uncle.
2: What? Oh, oh, yes. How did it ever get there? Now about my suitcase. Uh, handkerchiefs, socks. Birdie? Yes,
4: Mr. Gilsey.
2: Uh, never mind. I found him.
4: Found what, Mr. Gilsey? His socks. Well, whereabouts? I found him. Well, why shouldn't you? There's
2: right there all the time. Yes, yes, I know. He found
4: him. Then
5: why call me? Because
2: I couldn't find him.
5: But I thought you did. Oh, oh,
2: never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Anybody think we'd never gone any place before?
5: Well, it's
3: pretty exciting for me, Uncle Mort. Maybe 300 miles. cheaper.
2: Leroy, you talk like you'd been chained up in the coal cellar all your life. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you fly to California and back last year? Oh,
4: sure, huh? Yeah. And we auto all over the 47 states two years ago
2: There's, There are 48 states, Bertie
4: Yes, I know that But when we was in Florida, they never heard of California And when we was in California, the vice
5: was personal <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, anyway, Leroy You've done a great deal of traveling for a boy your age And another 300 miles shouldn't mean any more Than going down to the corner on Saturday morning for the Sunday morning papers
3: But creepers, Uncle Mort, we're going on the train I've never been on a train. Oh,
2: my goodness, modern youth. Why, when I was just a baby, I can't seem to find my military brushes. Where are they, Bertie?
4: I'll put them in your happy rock bag, Mr. Gill, please. In my what? Bertie, could you perchance mean
3: Gladstone bag? Yeah, that's it.
5: Yes,
2: happy rock. Well, I guess that's (laughs) it. Wait a minute. Uh, Leroy? Yes, uncle. Did you mail that letter I gave you last night?
3: Uh, Which letter? Oh, yes, of course I
2: did. Yeah, uh, good. It was to Cousin Flora, telling her and her husband we're coming to stay with them while we're in Fairview. <laughs> Won't they be surprised? Why? <laughs> Why,
5: Uncle Morton? Well,
2: because it's an answer to a letter they sent fishing around for an invitation to visit us. <laughs>
4: uh, good thing they ain't coming this week with Miss Marge out of town at that Red Cross training school.
2: Yes. Well, are you sure you've got everything you need, Leroy?
4: Positive. If you won't be on that train when it leaves, you better get mobilized. Where's your rabbits, Leroy? Out
3: in the hall in that wooden box. The manual training
4: class built it especially for them. Well, they did a bum job, Leroy. That box is full of holes.
2: Holes? Well, that's so the little creatures won't get asphyxiated, Bertie.
4: Yes, it'll help them breathe, too.
5: Uh,
4: Shall I call up and get you a taxi?
2: Taxi? No, thank you, Bertie. We can pick up one at the drugstore. If we can't, it'll be the first thing I haven't been able to get at that drugstore. (laughs) Come on, Leroy. Let's get going.
4: Okay, Unc. So long, Bertie. Don't let any japs get you. (laughs) Quit picking on us, South Sea folks, Leroy.
2: (laughs) Come on, young man. I'll take the suitcases. You bring that crate of clover crunches. If Marjorie gets back to town before we do, Bertie, you tell her where we went.
4: Yes, sir. I'll tell her that you had to act as a convoy for a bunch of dumb bunnies, (laughs) and then she'll say, "Never
2: mind. I know what you say." Goodbye. Bye, Bertie. Bye, Miss Gilsey.
3: Bye, Lord. I hope we haven't forgotten anything, Uncle Morris. Have you got the
2: tickets? Yeah, the tickets. Don't be ridiculous, tickets. Oh, wait a minute. I better look to make sure. Yes, here's the envelope. Your great Caesar's ghost.
3: What's wrong, Uncle Morris?
2: Look, here's my letter to cousin Flora. I must have sent her the railroad tickets. (laughs) Oh, now she'll think I want her and that loud husband of hers to come here
3: Oh, gee, now how are we going to get to Fairview? Does this mean we're not going? Now, wait a minute,
2: don't rattle me, Leroy, don't rattle me Uh, No time to get reservations Uh, The next train uh, won't get us there in time Oh, for what a thickhead I turned out to be
3: Say, how about driving?
2: Yes, it's driving me Uh, Wait a minute Driving? Why, of course, let's get the car Come on, we can put the rabbits in the rear compartment Load up on gasoline and beat the train to Fairview That was a fine suggestion You're a bright boy, Leroy
3: (laughs) Gee, I don't know about that, Uncle I just suggested myself out of my first ride on a railroad train (laughs)
2: Uh, How far is it to the next town, Leroy?
3: Well, according to the sign we passed ten miles ago, it's three miles While according to the map, it's six But according to all the houses around here, we're almost there.
2: Yeah, thank goodness. I hope the road gets better from here on. So far, it's been terrible. It's had more hairpins than a dime store. What's more, it's full of Charlie holes.
3: Don't you mean Chuck holes, Uncle Mort?
2: Yes, but this is a road I don't want to become familiar with, Leroy.
3: <laughs> yeah, we haven't hit a straight stretch for hours.
2: That's right. For every mile forward that we go, we travel two from side to side and three up and down. This isn't a road; it's a Laconga line. Why, when I think of... Oh, oh. ah, we almost went in the ditch that time
3: Why don't you try driving in the ditch? It might be smoother
2: Yes Leroy, <laughs> this is no time to horse around so if there was a horse around, I'd trade it in for this car
3: You know, I'm getting kind of hungry
2: Hungry? Well, so am I Strange how much exercise you can get just bouncing up and down, isn't it?
3: Let's stop and eat at the next stop and eat.
2: It's all right. That place up ahead doesn't look bad. However, we're so far behind schedule, let's just get some sandwiches to eat along the way. Okay. Come on, Leroy.
3: I'm right with you,
2: Uncle. Oh, my. And to think if we hadn't mailed those tickets, we'd have been sitting in a comfortable train, counting the telephone poles instead of dodging them. Let's sit here at the counter, eh? Yeah?
3: Tired, uh, Uncle
2: It's Just my eyes, Leroy. Funny, I'd swear I was seeing gravy spots in front of them.
3: That's easy, uncle. You're looking at the waiter's apron.
2: Yeah? Oh, of course, yeah, that's it. Uh, what'll you have, Leroy? A
3: ham sandwich. Uh,
2: same thing for me, waiter, and we'll take them with us. Say, look... They've got cherry pie, Leroy. Would you care for a slice?
3: No, thanks, Unc. After that road we were on, I couldn't stand anything else with pits in
6: it.
5: <laughs> now,
6: how long did it take you to drive from Fairview, Mr. Toby? Oh, about seven hours, McGuire. At this rate, I should be in Summerfield by 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, excuse me,
2: gentlemen, but I couldn't help overhearing that last remark. Uh, don't count on getting to Summerfield by 10 o'clock tonight, sir.
6: No, why not? Because these blasted roads are in a blasted condition. Oh, you don't like our roads, eh? Yeah, now, McGuire, take it easy. What's wrong with our roads?
2: What is it? And you take it easy, too, mister. Don't get angry at me just because I warned you about that collection of bumpy
6: ruts ahead of you. I accept that as a personal insult.
3: Gee whiz, is it your road? Well,
6: I'm the superintendent of road maintenance for this section, and this is State Highway Commissioner Toby. Yeah? What am I supposed to do, get out of my hands and knees and bump my head on the floor? What? If you
2: think I'm going to back up and crawl, Commissioner, you're mistaken. I've done all my backing up and crawling for the day on that blankety-blank road of yours this afternoon. Say, I don't like your attitude. And I don't like your highway. (laughs) Looks like it was surveyed through the bottom of a beer bottle. (laughs) Yes, and built by a
6: hillbilly with the hiccups. Now, look here, you're doing Mr. McGuire an injustice. He and his men have been constructing that road for the past six years. I know that. I saw the signs all along the way. Slow men at work.
5: <laughs> well,
6: that's enough. I'm going to hand this guy a face full of fists. Let me yeah. hear it. Uh,
2: oh, here's our sandwiches, Leroy. Best <laughs> you are mighty lucky we're in a hurry. Come on, Leroy, let's stop tearing down the commissioner's highway and start tearing down the commissioner's highway.
3: Okay, I'm done coming. Gee, you certainly told him
6: often. Yeah, did you see the look on that guy from face? Ain't you going to finish your stay, Commissioner? No, the mood's gone. I might as well get started. Oh, waiter, the check. No, 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 no. Uh, Let me pay for it. No, no. no.
5: Yes. Well, all right. (laughs) Hey, ah,
7: waiter, keep the change. Now, Commissioner, don't let that big blimp get your goat. What does a mug
6: like that know about the heartaches of building roads? Yes, you're right, boy. Hey, I i parked my car about here. Are you sure? I think so. I remember it was near this truck. Oh, uh, here it is, Commissioner. Strange. Could someone have moved it? Hey, hold on a minute, Mac. That isn't my car.
7: It ain't. It certainly looks like it. Sure,
6: it's same make, same model, same color, but those aren't my official license plates. Yeah, that's right. Oh, now I wonder who could have been so chuckle-headed as to pull a trick like this. (laughs) Brock Morton
7: T. Gildersleeve.
6: What do you mean? What are you talking about?
7: That's the name of the bird that owns this
6: car. Here's his registration certificate. Well, we've got to get that car of mine back, McGuire. We've got to send out a police warning over the radio to the highway patrol. Sure, Commissioner. We'll get it back all right. You needn't worry or get excited. You don't understand. There's been a rock slide on the road near Summerfield and an emergency, and I've got a hundred pounds of explosives in the rear compartment of my car. <laughs>
2: You notice how much more pep the car seems to have now, Leroy?
5: <laughs>
2: I really get a bang out of driving a car with um.
3: Yeah, careful of that bump, bump.
2: Huh? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Quite a bounce, wasn't it? I can't get over how much better the car runs. If it keeps up like this, it'll feel as if we had wings, Leroy.
5: <laughs> Hold on,
2: here comes Kerr. Oh.
5: Yeah. Ah!
3: You better go easy on those tires, Uncle. Huh? Remember, you can't get any new ones until the FBI investigates you and finds out you're an ambulance or something.
2: Yes. Well, these tires are good for thousands of miles yet, Leroy. Oh! Hey, these roads. I hope that didn't hurt any of our little cottontail cuties in the rear there.
3: Well, I guess they're
2: well padded. I
3: can hear the box bouncing up and down. You can? Maybe i better get it and hold it in my
5: lap.
2: No, no, don't do that. They'll be happier if they don't get a look at this road. Besides...
5: Look out for that red lantern. What red lantern?
2: Oh, that red lantern. Oh. <laughs> no wonder I couldn't see it. A big pile of dirt behind it, Leroy. Well, here's the end of the detour. I'm really going to hit it up. And Leroy...
3: Yes, Uncle Mort?
2: I want you to keep a sharp look out in back. If you see any highway patrol cars with red lights flashing and cops in them, you just nudge me, understand?
3: Yes, Uncle You're
2: Good. I don't expect to get... It. Oh, Leroy, don't bump me.
3: That wasn't a bump-bunk, that was a nudge. Nudge?
2: Oh, my goodness, yes, now I can see him. i better stop, eh? I can't imagine what in the world I've done.
3: Well, Uncle I have an idea. Be
2: quiet, young man. Oh, here they come. Uh, uh, good evening, boys.
5: Good evening, Chief. Chief? Shh,
2: he thinks I'm an Indian.
5: <laughs>
2: uh, what can I do for you, boys?
8: Just stay where you are, sir. We'll have the fire out in a minute. Yes, Fire? That's one of your rear brakes. Give me that extinguisher, Mike.
2: Oh. Yeah, Sid. Hey, button your coat It's the commissioner. Thanks. Uh, Say, uh, what's going on back there, boy?
3: Well, nothing to get excited about, Chief. One of the brakes must have locked. Oh, Oh, my goodness. It's lucky you put it out before I got to that box of rabbits. I better look to see how they are.
2: Uh, No, Leroy. They're probably sleeping. Let's let sleeping rabbits lie.
9: I don't think any harm was done.
2: You'll just watch your breaks for a ways, Chief. Well, thank you very much, boys. Anytime I can do anything for you, I've uh, got a card here someplace. Oh, we know who you are. Oh, you do? Well, I never knew I was that famous. Sure, you're a big man in this state. Sid, he'd be a big man in any state.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, I gotta be getting along now. Goodbye, boys. Goodbye, sir. Hi, uh, sir. Uh, now, there's a genuine guy to commissioner. it.
4: Yeah, don't act no different than you and me. You or I, Sid
9: Uh, You know, he's a lot better looking than his pictures do
4: him justice
9: Yeah
4: Don't you think he's a little fatter? No, not fatter, Sid Heavier setter (laughs) You see, fatter isn't a respectful way to describe a state commissioner Yeah, but on him it looks good (laughs) Well, let's get into the heap and start rolling
6: again, Yeah. Attention all highway patrols Hey, listen be on lookout for large gray sedan, license 4X669. That number's familiar. A state car assigned to Highway Commissioner Toby.
4: Oh, that guy that was just here. Taken
6: from Junction Grill an hour ago by stout man and a small boy with a black mustache. A small...
5: Boy a, mustache. <laughs> a small boy with a
4: black mustache. Hey, that's the guy who... Why, that fat rat...
6: Handle situation with care, boys. Rear end of car is loaded with
5: explosives. Come on, Mike. Let's go get him yeah.
6: There they are. Right up ahead. Get closer. Hey, what are you doing? Shooting at the rear tires. Hey, wait a minute. That car's full of explosives. Oh, my gosh. Don't get too close, Mike. Okay, I'll drop back. But well, what do we do? Say, look at him go. Let's train him till he slows up. If he slows up before he blows up.
2: Well, we've been making good time, my boy. I thought we'd better stop here in Millville and get some gasoline. Where is that attendant?
3: I think I'll get out and take a look at the rabbits, Uncle more. Yeah,
2: that's a good idea. That road was so rough, I bet those hairs stood on end.
5: <laughs> oh, say,
2: Leroy, uh, the police chaps again.
5: All right, stick them up, you two. Which really? first you
4: uh, know? Stick them up. Oh, hello, boys. Practicing? Get them up quick, fatso. If fatso?
3: Say, what's the idea?
4: You two, get them up. Now, search them, Mike. Yep, here, here,
2: here, here. You needn't be so rough. You've broken a couple of my cigars. Well, they haven't got any guns on them, Sid. Okay,
6: you put down your hands. But don't pull any funny business, you two. What's the meaning of this unwarranted outrage? Hey, get him. That's what we did, didn't we? You stole the highway commissioner's car and it's loaded with explosives. What's this about the commissioner's car? Take a peek at those official license plates. Huh?
3: gee, Unc, how did they get there?
6: They were framed. I mean,
2: we were framed, Leroy. (laughs) Well, at least there's nothing to this explosive nonsense. You officers can look in the rear compartment and see for yourselves. Okay, take a look, Sid. Sure. (laughs) Won't he be surprised, Leroy?
3: (laughs) Ah. ah You see, it's just rabbits, officer
2: Oh, yeah?
8: Come here, Mike Does this look like rabbits to you? Nah, to me it looks like a case of explosives
2: Well, if you were a rabbit and went through what we've been through You'd feel like exploding yourself
3: (laughs) Why don't you come back here and look for yourself?
2: Yes, come on, let's show these stupid Oh, my goodness, Leroy
3: Uncle, what's you trembling like that for?
2: Look at that box It's blasting powder Whose car is this? Who slipped it to me? How did that dynamite get in there? That's what we aim to find out, brother. Good. Who'll we ask? You. Me? Yes. Come on.
3: Say, where are you taking us? To
2: the Melville police station. You're going to hold a little quiz, kid. Yes, sir. (laughs) There must be a reasonable explanation for all this. you for the
5: last time, Captain.
10: Will you telephone our home in Summerfield so that our maid can identify us? Now, just keep your shirt on, stuffy. I put in a call a few minutes ago. But that's it now. Oh, thank
2: goodness. Bertie will clear this right up, Leroy. Hello.
4: Hello. Who's this calling?
2: Uh, Long
10: distance from Millville.
4: Oh, I know the answer to that one. It sure is. <laughs> uh,
10: this is the police department. Uh, we're holding a man with a stolen car loaded with explosives. He claims to be uh, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve.
4: Uh, Mr. Gildersleeve ain't in Millville. He done took the train for Fabview today.
10: Oh, he took the train, huh? The train? Who? I've got to tell him about that. Let me you get away from this phone, uh, this man claims he drove this car as far as Junction City.
4: Oh, that can't be. Mr. Gillsleeve's car's resting right here in the garage. Ah.
10: Well, in that case, I was right all along. Uh, sorry, I troubled you. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye? Wait a minute. Well, why did you hang oh, on? Oh, look, you. I've had enough of this. Who do you think you are trying to run things and act so insolent and arrogant? The police? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike, put these two in separate cells till morning. Yeah, here! Yeah, what's going on here? Oh. Hello, Commissioner Toby. Yeah. Well, I recovered your car for you, sir. Yes, I know. Where's the man who took it? Uh, here I am. Uh, hello, Commissioner.
1: <laughs>
6: oh, so it was the little critic of the state highway system. The uh, little road runner down there. Uh, well, I'm only thankful nothing happened to my car with all that blasting powder in the back. Yes. What do you mean by letting me carry dangerous explosives? Oh, dry up, you big wet blanket. <laughs> Gotta be thankful you're getting out of this mess without going to jail. Good you idea. mean you don't want him held, Commissioner? No, this man just made an innocent mistake. It was stupid, but I don't think it was intentional. Uh, come on outside, Gildersleeve. We'll trade cars. Yes, all right. Hey, good night, Captain. Thanks for the hospitality.
2: Yeah, something he ate, no doubt. <laughs> After you, Commissioner. Hey, come on, Leroy.
3: Say, I better make sure my rabbits are all right. Oh, don't
6: worry. They're safe, my boy. Oh, uh, did you have a look at them? I'll say I did, and they jumped right out of the box and escaped.
3: Escaped?
6: And now, don't worry. We called out a road gang and rounded them all up again. Oh. Took the best part of two hours. Gee,
3: I hope nothing happened to them.
6: Now, now, they're all right. None the worse for the little romp. They're in fine condition. All seven of them. Yes. Seven? but, but we only had four rabbits to begin with. Commissioner,
5: you found too many. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hello. Hello, operator. Quick, give me the police department. Police? This is 747 Parkside Avenue, and something's happened here. Didn't you phone me about a man who said he was Mr. Gillsleeve in a stolen car? Well, some policemen did. Well, anyhow, I went back to bed, and I tossed, and I turned, and I turned, and I... Okay, okay, I'll get to the point. (laughs) I got up, and I went out to the garage to see if it was there, and it wasn't. No, no, the garage was there all right, but nothing else was. (laughs) Uh, What do you mean, be more Pacific? Oh, well, somebody sneaked in and stole all of Mr. Gillsleeve's four beautiful brand-new retreads.
5: Uh, Hello, wait a minute, I ain't
4: through yet. At the time these tires were stolen, they was attached to Mr. Gillsleeve's automobile.
5: (laughs)
2: What's the big idea?
3: I'm afraid you'll fall asleep.
2: Well, don't worry. If I want to sleep, I'll pull over to the side of the road.
3: Yeah, but the trouble is you'll pull over after you've fallen asleep.
2: Oh, yes. Why, George, it's 2 in the morning. I'd stop right now. It would make us late for that rabbit. What's that noise?
3: It looks like a cop,
2: huh? Another cop? The police have been on my neck tonight like a muffler. Well, this time they can't find anything wrong. I'm driving under 40. My lights are all right. It's my own
3: car. All right, pull over to the
2: side of the road. Oh, yeah. Pull over, please Leroy. Jeepers, I, I
3: wonder what it is now.
2: It's probably some officer who hadn't heard that everything's been straightened out between Commissioner Toby and me.
3: You know, I'm beginning to be afraid of, cops.
2: Oh, Poppycock, you watch me handle this fellow. I'll get rid of him inside of in two minutes.
5: Oh, yeah?
3: Yeah,
2: two minutes you can time me, Leroy. <laughs> can't hold us any longer, officer. We've been here for two hours already.
3: Two and a half, Unc. I'm still timing you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but look, officer, and you too, Captain. Here, here, Captain. Wake up when I'm talking to you. Huh? What? Who? Oh, uh, you here again? Yeah. How many
10: times... Oh, no, I'm still here. It's just the second time. How soon are you going to set us free? I can't do anything until we hear this party in Somerville who turned in the stolen car report. When they call, let me talk to them, please. I'd like to get
2: my hands on anybody who says I stole my own automobile. Why, I'll... Yeah. Oh, yes.
10: Hello, Millville Police Station. Captain Webster speaking.
4: Are you calling the Gildersleeve resident?
10: I don't know. Uh, Did you report a stolen car earlier in the night?
4: I most certainly did. You catch it?
10: Yes, but the driver claims he's the owner. Gildersleeve.
4: That's the second burglar that did that tonight. This is getting monotonous.
10: Well, uh, he claims that you can identify him. I'm going to put him on. Uh, Here you are. Thank you. Now, see here,
2: Bertie. What's the idea of having the police chase me clear across the state? Mr. Gildersleeve, what you doing in the pokey? Huh?
10: You ought to know you
2: put me in this pokey. Leroy and I took the car instead of the train.
5: Oh, you took
4: it. And I thought it was some of them rubber robbers. I wish you'd
2: have told me. So do I now. We'd have been in Fairview by now if you hadn't had us arrested for stealing our own automobile. Now, you tell the captain here that I'm all right. Uh, Here you are, Captain. Well, what about this man?
5: Oh,
4: that's his car, all right. He's my employer of our most recent conversations. <laughs> I better hang up before he decides to change the status quo and make me a member of the alumni.
10: Well, Gildersleeve, that looks like a clean bill of health for you. I guess you can go now. Oh, uh, thank you. Just Come on, Leroy, it's time we got you. Yeah, take your hands off me.
6: Put I this. tell you I didn't steal that car. It's mine. I'm State Highway Commissioner Francis X. Toby. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, we had another guy tonight who was also supposed to be the oh, commissioner. but that was... Uh, oh, hello there, Captain. Tell this lunkhead who I am. Well, hello, Commissioner. They got you, too, I see. Uh,
5: <laughs>
6: yes, Gildersleeve, for stealing your car. Well. I told this balloon brain I was innocent, but he wouldn't believe me. Not even when we arrived here and I showed him your car. Huh? Well, I parked right next to it and I said, look... I uh,
10: don't care. Orders is orders. Uh, Mike, this man is the commissioner, all right? Huh?
6: Just
2: my luck. <laughs> well, now that everything's straightened out, we better be going. I'll have to drive 70 miles an hour if I'm... Oh, <laughs> I forgot the speed limit is 50, isn't it?
5: <laughs>
2: well, come on, Leroy, let's go. It... Where's Leroy? Oh, I'd give a lot right now if I could say, move over, Leroy. Well, Leroy, this must be it. Let's see. Yes, the Fairview Convention Hall Exhibitors Entrance.
3: Yeah, we just made it too.
2: Your <laughs> passes, please, sir. Your passes? Oh yes, you have them, I believe, Leroy.
3: Yeah, that's right, Uncle Mort. There. Here, you are, sir.
4: Yeah, just one second, sir. I'll open the envelope,
2: please. Yeah,
4: Porter, I guess. I'm sorry, folks, but these here appears to be the wrong kind of tickets. Yeah,
2: let me see. Oh, suffering whales, Leroy. These are our railroad tickets.
4: What?
3: <laughs> Well, I've had them, and we could have come by train all the time. Yeah. Well, then what did we send to Cousin Flora?
2: The rabbit show passes, I guess.
3: <laughs>
2: well, at least we're here anyway. Yeah,
3: that's true. What do we do about getting in, though? I'll arrange
2: it. Hey, Porter, if you help us with this box of rabbits...
4: Yes, I'll be glad
2: to. Yeah, you bring the box in. You'll, you'll find it in the rear compartment, and we'll go and find the manager. Glad, Huh? What's the matter? Can't you budge him? Here. Let me help you. Oh, my gosh, Leroy. Danger, explosives. It's the commissioner's car again. be home when relatives come to visit.
3: what do we do now, Uncle Oh, we'll
2: kill time till dinner, then come back and see if they're home yet. If What would you like to do, Leroy?
3: Well, how about seeing a movie? We've passed a swell one on the way out here. A
2: movie? Is that so? What's the title?
3: Look who's laughing.
2: Oh, that one, yeah. <laughs> well, it's playing all over these days, isn't it? All right, let's go. Sounds very amusing. If, if, who's in it?
3: Oh, uh, Fiddle McGee and Molly. Oh, anybody else? Yeah, Charlie McCarthy and Edgar Bergen. Is that all? Oh, no, there's Mrs. Uppington and Harlow Wilcox and Lucille Ball. Well,
2: well, yes, yes. Go on, Leroy.
3: Oh, I almost forgot. And Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve.
2: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Look
9: who's laughing. Yeah,
2: good night, folks.
0: All music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at the same time for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. This is the National
5: Broadcasting
1: Company. Stay tuned for Richard Diamond next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now, Dick Powell stars in Richard Diamond, Private Detective, a lighthearted gumshoe who often ended the episode singing to his girlfriend, Helen Asher, played by Virginia Gregg. Its theme, Leave It to Love, was whistled by Powell at the beginning of each episode. So let's listen to it now as we begin the episode, The Gene Cooper Murder. Here is another in NBC's Great Parade of New Shows.
9: as Richard Diamond, Private Detective.
5: Hello
11: there, this is Diamond. You know, there are a lot of people in the big city like this, good ones and bad ones. They walk down Broadway and rub elbows, and you can't tell them apart. Why can't you? Because a lot of them are poured out of the same mold, brought up in the middle of garbage cans and gang wars. Weaned on the smell of slums and conditioned to the taste of dirt and a kick in the ribs. By the time they get old enough to raise their fist, they're given two choices. Two ways to beat the gang wars and garbage cans. One guy picks himself up, shakes off the filth, and jumps over on the right side of the fence. The other guy picks himself up too. But when he does, he raises that fist and shakes it at the whole world because he wants things the easy way. He continues to shake his fist until someone shoves a gun in it. Then he's a swaggering giant. Sometimes he climbs over with his little bag of rot and hides in the lap of society. But take away the gun and he ends up right back in the middle of the garbage cans with his face in the dirt. What about the guy on the right side of the fence? Well, you rarely ever hear of him, unless he becomes president or gets mixed up with the guy on the wrong side of the fence. Like the case I bumped into a couple of days ago. It all started in Central Park.
12: Some girl got run over. That young guy over there ran over with his car. I came up right after it happened. He was leaning over her and crying. A little late for crying, I'd say.
8: Says he didn't kill her. Says someone pushed her in front of his car.
7: <laughs> Ain't that a good
8: one? All right, everybody back. Here comes the ambulance. Come on, you. But I tell you, I didn't kill her. I was in love with her. That's the last thing you sort have said. But I swear I didn't do it. I was going to meet her about, about a half a block up the street, and someone pushed her out in front of my car. I couldn't stop in time. Look, I just got to write a report and take her down to the station. You can tell it to the inspector. Now look out. Here's the ambulance. Hello, Brackett. You are too late. The body's ready for the morgue. Ah, Central Park's turning into a graveyard. I'm going to start taking my girl someplace else. What do you mean? Somebody else could run over in the park? Somebody got shot full of holes. The came in just for this one. That uh, gangster, Chino Scarbo? Scarbo got knocked off.
9: He was though wasn't he? Please, officer, can't I get to a phone? Shut up.
8: One of the biggest gangsters in town gets rubbed out, and I gotta show up at the station with you. You know, Sonny, I'm not pleased with you at all. <laughs>
11: Diamond detective agency. Corpses designed with you in mind.
5: Rick.
11: Oh, hello, Helen, baby. Where
12: do you get all those awful slogans?
11: Ghostwriter. Ho, <laughs> ho, ho. Get it? Rick. Wasn't a riot?
12: No, Rick. was
11: a bomb. Oh. Okay, maybe this will get a yuck. Oh. Oh, here's a butte. Are you lonely? Join the Lonely Souls Club and find your perfect soulmate. All ages. Guarantee satisfaction and money refunded. I wonder if mighty Joe Young knows about this.
5: Rick, what
3: are you
11: talking about? I'm reading the personals. Hey, get a load of this one. Will give ride to coast, must be young companion, pretty easy on the eyes. Hmm. Think I ought to apply, baby? You're
5: ridiculous.
11: Oh, here's an odd one. Anyone witnessing unusual accident at the 77, 72nd Street transverse, 11 p.m. Wednesday night, when young girl was killed, call Skylar 6036. Urgent.
4: That's in Central Park.
11: Yeah, somebody's got trouble. Mr. Diamond? Uh, hold it a minute, baby. Yeah, I'm Diamond. What can I do for you? I uh, want to hire you. Uh, Helen.
12: Yes, I know.
11: $100 a day in expenses, sir. That's your fee? Yep. I like to give it to the prospective client first. If he turns green and faints, we both save a lot of time and talk. How do you feel? About the fee? Fine. Well, what else is bothering you? My son is being held on a manslaughter charge. Well, if you kill somebody, that's a job for the police. But he didn't do it intentionally. The girl was shoved in front of his car. That's his story. Yes, it is. And I believe him. Hmm? Who was the girl, and why do you think anyone would want to kill her? Her name was Gene Cooper. My son was in love with her. Why anyone would want to kill her, I really can't say. Uh huh. Your name and your son's name, where he's being held. My name is Cook, Earl Cook. My son's <laughs> name is Tom. He's at the Fifth Precinct Police Station. Oh, wouldn't you know it? I beg your pardon? Uh, forget it. Uh, uh, what's your business, Mr. Cook? Politics. Where can I reach you? I live at 261 Riverside Drive. My phone is Skylar 6036. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? I don't know. That phone number's familiar. Where did your son run over this girl, Mr. Cook? The 72nd Street Transverse. 11 o'clock Wednesday night? Why, yes. How did you know? I read the papers. Is this your ad in a personal column? Yes. Yes, it is. You see, the police claim there were no witnesses. But I had hopes that there might have been someone who had seen the accident. Well, if if anyone calls you, let me know. Now, uh, I'll take $100, Mr. Cook. That's a retainer in case I run into trouble and have to get buried in a hurry. I hate to strain my relatives. He wrote me out a check and I closed the office and headed for the 5th Precinct Police Station. An automobile death isn't exactly up my alley, but if someone had pushed the girl out in front of the car, then it was Murder. And that was a territory I knew my way around in. Well, well, good morning, Sergeant Otis. Oh, where did you come from, Charlotte? Sugar and spice and everything nice. Huh? That's what little boys are made of. You're crazy. That's what little girls are made of. Why, Sergeant, You peaked? Uh, You want to see the lieutenant? I think that would be lovely. Go on. Oh, uh, Otis. Uh I just had a horrible thought. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awful if there was a whole room full of you? Hello, Walt. Diamonds, you get out of here. Every time you wander into this office, I grow another ulcer. Why, what? I'm surprised at you. Well, you wouldn't be if you had to listen to Otis aching all over the precinct 12 hours a day. Why don't you leave that poor guy alone? Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him? How can I help it? He screams so loud only dogs can get with it. Have you got a boy booked here on the manslaughter charge, uh, Tom Cook? Yes, we have. I knew darn good and well you'd be springing something before you'd sit down and act like a normal human being. do you want Cook for? He ran over a dame last night, and that's that. Maybe you want to give him a driving lesson? Uh, uh, Uh-uh. You're turning blue again, Walt. I'll light up like a pinball machine if you don't start giving me some peace and quiet. Can I see Cook? No, you can't. Why not? I know you. You'll end up by proving he wasn't even in the city last night. Before the day is gone, we'll be booking Otis for the killing. Did he do it? Oh, Otis. Oh, you stop that. Don't you dare start that routine again. I'm the biggest sucker in the world for that thing, and I admit it, but I am prepared. I know who's on first base today. Who? Williams. He's playing for... Uh, Otis!
7: Yeah, Lieutenant?
11: Yeah, Lieutenant. Yeah, Lieutenant. Is that all you can say? Take Diamond down to see that guy cook. If you let him back in this office, I'll break every bone in your fat head.
10: Yeah, Lieutenant.
11: Oh. Where is that bicarbonate? By Walt. I left Walt coming on like Vesuvius, and Otis took me down in the tombs to see Tom Cook. Cook was a man about 25 or 26, put together like a high jumper. He had sandy hair and a nice face. Also, he looked pretty
7: worried. I tell you, Mr. Diamond, I didn't intentionally run over Jean. She called and asked me to meet her in the park. Why? Well, we always met there. Oh, you say she was pushed in front of the car? Well, that's what it looked like. There were some bushes right near the sidewalk. She came flying out of them and fell in front of me before I could put on the brakes. What did she want to see you about?
12: It was personal.
11: Now, look, look. You're up on a manslaughter charge. You can get a lot of time for that. Now, what did she want to see you about? I can't tell you.
7: I just can't tell you. It would ruin someone. It's
11: going to wreck you if you don't. Then it'll have to. Okay, okay. Did she have any enemies at all? Boyfriends, girlfriends, ex-husbands, jealous ice men? She had an ex-husband. When did she separate from him?
7: About a year ago. Why? Do you think maybe Cooper was jealous? Is his name Cooper? Cooper? Yes, uh, John Cooper. Oh, live in town? Well, he was living at 498 West 81st Street, but that was a year ago.
11: Okay. Tell me where your girl was living.
7: 383 Madison Avenue, apartment 206. She was living under her married name, Cooper. Mm. Sure you don't want to tell me what she wanted to see you about?
11: I can't, Mr. Diamond. Okay, but I hope the person you're protecting appreciates it. Five years in Sing Sing is stretching loyalty a long way. This
9: person's worth it. Uh,
8: Otis, let me out of here. You locked me up with a Boy Scout.
5: Yes?
11: Uh, Mr. Cook? Yes? Uh, Who is this? This is Diamond. Diamond, I'm so glad you phoned. Oh? Remember my ad in the personal columns? Yes, I just received a call from someone who claims he saw a man push a girl in front of my son's car. Oh. He said he was in a hurry, so he didn't wait around to see the rest. Can you imagine that? In too much of a hurry to stay around. No, I can't imagine it, unless he was running away from something. Didn't want to be caught. Did he uh, tell you anything else?
0: No, I, I asked his name, but he hung up.
11: No. Well, if you hear from him again, call Lieutenant Levinson the 5th Precinct. And I'll call you later.
0: All right, Mr. Diamond.
11: But now I'm sure my son is innocent. Well, I hope I can come up with more than your confidence. I knew a guy who yelled frame all the way to the electric chair. They fried him like a lean pork chop. I left the phone booth and took off for John Cooper's apartment. I found the place and gave my rabbit's foot a pat on the hock. The little bunny was still with me because a John Cooper was listed on the mailboxes. I took the steps two at a time. Yeah, who is it? Uh, The name's Diamond. I don't want any. I'm selling a homicide, complete with samples. You better open up. Hey, what are you talking about? I'm talking about your ex-wife. She was killed last night. What? Mind if I come in?
9: No, 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 come on in. She's dead. How did it happen?
11: It was run over by a car.
9: Oh, that's awful.
11: Are you from the police? you get a gold star. Where were you at 11 o'clock Wednesday night?
9: Well, it was right here in my apartment. You can prove it? Well, I didn't leave, I don't guess I can prove it.
11: I hope you don't think I ran over, Jean. I know who ran over. I'm trying to find out who aimed her. I don't understand. She was pushed in front of the car. How do you know that? Why shouldn't I know that?
9: Well, what... I don't know. I, I, I guess you should.
11: When was the last time you saw your ex-wife?
9: Oh, about eight months ago. We didn't get along, so we didn't speak after we split up.
11: You haven't seen her since? No. Or are you jealous of her new boyfriend?
9: Jealous? Why should I be?
11: Good question. I'll see you later, Mr. Cooper. Yeah. I hope I've been at some help. You've been dandy. I left Cooper pinning up his gold star and headed for the dead girl's apartment. I knew the law had already been there and that it would probably be locked tighter than a wine truck on Skid Row. I found the landlady's door and gave it a jolt.
12: Yeah? Oh, what do you want?
11: I'm uh, looking for the landlady.
12: You want an apartment? We got one coming up in a couple of days. The dame that was in it croaked. You can pay in advance if you want it.
11: Can I take a look at it?
12: Nah. Lousy coppers told me not to let anyone in. You got my word, it's a good one.
11: Oh, well, then you'd better let me talk to your mother.
12: My mother? My old lady's been dead for 20 years.
11: She had? Aren't you a little young to be running an apartment all by yourself?
12: (laughs) Hey, sonny. Yeah? How old do you think I am?
11: Well, it's hard to tell. I'd say, oh, about 28.
12: (laughs) Come on, I'll show you the apartment. But watch those steps. I think you could use some glasses. Right up here, handsome.
8: Was the poor girl who died married?
12: Used to be, but she got divorced. Here it is. There you are, honey. Go on in, take a look around. I'll go on back downstairs in case the law comes back. I'll have to stall them, I guess.
11: Thanks, beautiful.
12: Oh, that's all right, honey. When you're done, stop in at my place and I'll give you a drink of gin.
11: I waited until I heard the old bat fly down the stairs, and then I took the place apart. It took me exactly ten minutes, and even if I do say so, it was a pretty neat job. I was on the last lap, going through the waste baskets, when I spotted something on the magazine stand. It was just below eye level. It was a late issue of a magazine, and it was addressed to Mr. John Cooper, 498 West 81st Street. I grabbed it and picked up the phone.
2: Homicide Sergeant Norris. Oh,
8: uh, this is Wuli. Wish you talking to Lieutenant Luffy, son?
7: Oh, how are you? i uh, get it
8: for you, chop-chop. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Oh, very fine. Chop-chop. Your head, maybe. Huh? Wu Li say very fine. You
11: speak very fine Chinese.
2: Oh. Lieutenant Levinson.
11: Oh, this is... Uh, uh, this is Diamond, Walt. It
2: is? I told Otis I didn't want to talk to you. He said Wu Li was on the pipe.
11: Oh, this is Wu Li, too, Walt.
2: Oh, that lame-brain, Otis.
11: What is it now, Diamond? I got a liar in the balcony, Walt. What are you talking about? I've spoken to three people about the girl that was run over. One of them lied to me. Now, I believe the kid's story. I think she was pushed.
7: So she was pushed. I can't be bothered with that right now. I'm all tangled up in the Scarbo killing.
11: We found the gun that did the job lying in the bushes in Central Park. Wait a minute. In Central Park? Yeah, we traced it to a pawn shop, and the pawnbroker identified one Louis Spiegel as the one that bought the gun. Walt, well, what time was Scarbo knocked off? Shots were heard about five minutes to eleven. Hey. That's just about the same time that Cook ran over the girl. You are so right. And Scarborough got killed on the other side of the park. About five minutes to run to where the girl got run over. Now, what are you getting at? If you know something about this Scarborough killing... I well, wonder- some guy called Tom Cook's father and said he saw the girl shoved in front of the car. He wouldn't tell his name because he said he'd get in trouble. Uh, probably a crank. No one would duck out on a deliberate murder. Unless he would just rubbed out New York's biggest gangster.
7: Hey.
11: Yeah. Have you got Louis Spiegel on tap?
7: No, he's hiding out.
11: Hmm. Now, do me a favor. Check your files and see if you've got a record on a John Cooper. The dead girl's ex-husband? Yeah, then I'll call you back. I've got a guy who might show us where we can find Louis Spiegel and the guy who pushed the girl in front of the car. Killed two birds with one stone. It's quite a billiard shot, but give my little stool pigeon two bottles of fermented grape juice and he can run the table. I left the apartment and slipped by the landlady's door. I knew she was building a party because I could smell the 100 proof clear out in the hall. I ducked out on the street and headed for Skid Row in a place called the Parrot Club. When I went in, I spotted my man sitting in his usual spot at the bar. His name was Wilbur Troy.
8: Ah, greetings, Bucko. You have come just in the nick. Not having the necessary funds to purchase another bottle of strength, I asked yon bartender to put it on the cuff.
11: Ah, uh, Wilbur. Whereupon
8: I... he handed me this can of rat poison. Mm. It turned out to be rather soothing in a toxic sort of way. Baco, you know me, I do not wish to deprive the little rodents of their daily constitution, so I would much rather nurse on the succulent end of a bot.
11: Wilbur, I'm looking for someone.
8: I have been looking for someone all my life, preferably a brewery owner. Uh, bartender, uh, bring me a bottle. Oh, noble sir, your overkindness doth rain tears from me. I do embrace your offer.
11: Now, you don't wrap your hooks around this jug until I find out where Louis Spiegel is. Ah, that is indeed a difficult problem. Mr. Spiegel carried a rather
8: large gun under his arm. Then if I sit here and gaze at that bottle for any great period, I shall become cotton-mouthed and surely choke to death. Mr. Louis Spiegel might be found in the freight yards... ...hiding in an old shack at the end of 50th Street now, Bucko. I'm rusting.
11: Here you are, Wilbur, and thanks.
8: Farewell. Lord knows when we shall meet again. Uh, I have faint, cold, fear thrills through my veins. <coughs> oh, but, no matter. I have never let a cork confuse me before. Bartender, a corkscrew and bring the cat... I owe him a drink.
11: Homicide, Lieutenant Levinson. Diamond, Walt, what did you find out?
2: John Cooper has no record. Uh Uh-oh. But George Kingsley has.
11: Oh, alias? Yeah. George Kingsley, alias John Cooper, did ten years for embezzlement. Oh, fine. Thanks, Walt. Now, here's the pitch. Lou Spiegel is in a shack in the freight yards at the end of 49th Street, North River. Get some men to surround the place and have Otis pick up John Cooper and bring him down there. I'll be there in half an hour and give you a couple of killers. All I needed was a motive, so I hung up the phone and headed for the house of my client, Earl Cook. Oh, come in, Mr. Diamond. I'm very glad you've come. Mr. Cook, did you... I uh, want to show you something. Here. What are they? Letters to my son. Blackmail letters. Oh? Where'd you find them? I was going through my son's things, trying to find something that might help uncover the motive for his accident. Mind if I take a look? Well, I can save you the trouble. They're about me. About you? Yes. I told you I'm in politics. Well, I am. And I'm a big power. When I began my rise, I was a young criminal lawyer. I had to accept a lot of cases that I might have turned down under different circumstances. Mm -hmm. And the opposition tried everything to discredit me. Smear campaigns, saying that I was getting acquittals for common thugs who were known to be guilty. Later, when I became a judge, they switched the campaign and said that the men I sentenced were innocent. Were they? Of course not. But in those letters to my son, the blackmailer said that he had definite proof that could ruin me. My son knew about my past, and when he started receiving the letters, he was afraid to confront me with the evidence for fear I might have to admit my dishonesty. Have you talked with your son? I just left him. That's why he didn't tell you anything. He thought he was protecting me. His girl, Jean, found out who was sending him the letters, and, well, she was killed before she could tell him. Well, that fits. If the girl found out, then the blackmailer would not only have to know your son pretty well, but he'd also have to know her. You think you know who he is? Uh, see this magazine? Mm-hmm. Well, some of the pages are cut up. Now, take a look at these blackmail notes. They're formed with cut-out letters to spell out the words. Mm-hmm. The type is the same as the type in the magazine. Where did you get that magazine? In the girl's apartment. Well, then she must have had something to do with it. She found the magazine, all right, but it wasn't hers. Uh, look, Mr. Cook. Yes? Did you ever send a man to prison named Kingsley? Yes, I believe so. For embezzling. Ah, thanks. Where are you going? I'll call you later. I've got a date at the freight garage. Oh,
5: hello,
11: Rick. We've got Spiegel boxed up. He's in that shack down there. Ah, will he come out? If he does, it'll be feet first. Well, I guess he'd rather have it that way. Any shooting? He tried a couple, but I had the boys hold their fire until you got here. I see. Where's John Cooper? Otis hasn't showed up with him yet. Uh, let me use your loudspeaker, Walt. Sure, go ahead. But, uh, keep your head down. Spiegel! Spiegel! Louis. Why, that low life? I'll blast him to kingdom come. Hold it, Walt. Spiegel knows me. Louis. Louie, this is Diamond. I want to talk with you.
4: You better get out of here, Diamond.
11: ain't none of your business. Lou, you've got my word. There'll be no shooting. I want to talk to you.
4: Look, Diamond. I know they want me for the Scarborough killing, and I say, okay, I've done the
5: job. But I'm allergic to electricity, and I don't
4: like cops. You blow this place apart, I say okay, too. And that's the way I want it. Now, do
0: you still want to talk? I want five minutes.
4: Okay, come on down, but keep your
5: hands behind your neck.
11: Walt, no shooting, huh? Okay, but I think you're crazy. He kills guys for practice. I moved out from behind the boxcar and put my hands behind my head. I started down toward the shack, and I could see Spiegel looking at me over the barrel of a 45. One bad move from any of the men stationed around the yards, and I was going to get dead quick. I walked up to the shack and went in.
7: It's far enough, Diamond. You've got five minutes.
11: Uh, it won't take that long, Lou.
7: Keep your hands where they are.
11: Oh, I uh, thought you might want a cigarette. Oh. Uh,
7: yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm all out.
11: Yeah. Keep the pack.
7: Just one. I got a dig. Now. Light? I can make it. Four minutes, Diamond.
11: Did you see a girl shoved in front of a car the night you knocked off Scarborough?
7: Yeah. I called some guy and I told him about it. I read his ad in the personals, but I couldn't do anything about it.
11: Now, because then the law would know you were in the park.
7: Looks like it don't make much difference now.
11: The kid who ran over the girl is in on a manslaughter rap. You'll get
7: five or ten. That's tough. You got three and a half minutes.
11: Lou, well, did you get a good look at the man who gave the girl the shove?
7: Sure, I'd remember him. Rick! What do they want? I'll see. With your hands up, you'll see. Sure. What is it, Walt?
5: Otis has got Cooper.
11: Will you do me a favor? I don't know. I want you to tell me if the guy they've got up there is the one who pushed the girl.
7: Sure. But I can't see him from here.
11: I'll have him brought down.
7: I hope you ain't up to something. I don't want to see no kid get sent up in a bum rap. But if you get funny, you get holes. Walt, have Otis bring Cooper halfway down to the shack.
5: He doesn't want to go.
8: Then drag him. I've only got two minutes.
7: They bringing him? Yeah, here he comes. Okay, out that door. What are you doing? I'm doing you a favor. I'm tired of this shack, and I'm walking out with you in front of me. Okay. Don't get too far ahead. Rick,
11: what's speaking up to? I don't know. Hold your fire.
7: I'm surprised at you. Even if I identified this guy, it wouldn't hold water. I got a bad reputation. Hey, what's going on? Take it easy, Otis. You can't do this to me. What's this all about? That's the guy, Norman. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure you do. I saw you push that dame in front of the car.
5: You're crazy.
7: Now, I don't like that. You got just ten seconds to admit it. I won't admit anything. Then I shoot you. Hey, you can't. Shut up, Flatfoot. Stay out of this, Otis. I tell you, I won't admit anything. Five seconds.
11: Come on, Cooper. I found out all about your prison record. I know Cook sent you up. You wanted to get even. You found those letters Tom wrote to your ex-wife, so you started blackmailing him. And I know you lied when you said you hadn't seen your
7: ex-wife. I found a magazine in her apartment with your address on it. Time's up.
5: No, 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 no. All
7: right, I did it, I did it. You're too late. I'm on schedule. Oh, you idiot. Why did you shoot him? What's the difference? I kill people, he kills people. Besides, he wasn't polite. So long, Diamond, you got your favorite. He's
8: making a break. He'll never make it. Spiegel.
5: Up. Spiegel, up in the name of the law, stop. I'm what? what?
11: they got him. They sure did. You know something? He wasn't such a bad guy. Wasn't he? I guess he's killed a dozen people in his time, but maybe you're right. Maybe he kissed them all goodbye before he pulled the trigger. Well, I got a right to an opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and it scares me a little. You're lucky you didn't try to pull a gun on him. You'd look pretty silly telling everybody what a nice guy he was after he'd shot off the top of your head. (laughs) Lots of lemon, honey. What's that, you're playing? I don't know. It says on the sheet music for kazoo and voice.
5: <laughs> you idiot.
7: Here, see how this tastes.
11: Ah, uh-huh, that's wow, But can't you drop a muscle in it or something? No, that's plenty strong. Oh. The last time you complained about my weak drinks, Francis had to carry you home piggyback. Yeah, remind me to buy him a saddle. I hear they, uh... Let the cook boy out of jail this evening. How the diggers did you know that? Mm, Never mind. I find out, things. You have been snooping. Well, you won't tell me anything about your cases. How did you find out? Uh Uh-uh. Helen? No. We'll be sorry.
12: Here. You sing this, and I'll tell you how I found out.
11: Well, I don't know what I can. Your lips tell me no, no. But there's yes, yes in your eyes. I've been missing your kiss Just because I wasn't wise, I'll stop my scheming and dreaming.
5: Cause I realize
11: your are oh, That's wonderful. Okay, now, make like a truth serum or I sing 20 courses of McNamara's band. Well, I was looking for you, so I called Walt Levinson. He told me all about it. Very elementary, my dear diamond. Oh, get her. Do I look smug? Close your eyes and let's see. Now, that's silly.
3: Why do I have to close my eyes?
11: Close your eyes. Oh, Oh, that's better. Rick, aren't you nice? I certainly am. But people always notice my dimples first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come here, mm. You're looking smug again. <laughs>
9: We have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Ellen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Eleanor Audley, William Johnstone, Sam Edwards, David Ellis, and Frank Lovejoy. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by Richard Sandville.
11: And now, Dick Powell. Friends, I want to remind you of the wonderful group of programs NBC has on tap for tomorrow afternoon and evening. Shows like Hollywood Calling, Guy Lombardo, Four Star Playhouse, The Ethel Merman Show, and the NBC Symphony. For the best in radio listening tomorrow and always, keep your dial tuned to your favorite NBC station.
9: Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now, this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective.
1: Thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Boston Blackie, followed by Nero Wolfe. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is
0: proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.